This is Kate Mercer on the Go Well program. This week I'm talking with Dr. Simon Wilch, B-Psych ONS and a PhD in clinical psychology, who's both a researcher and clinician in the area of eating disorders. He's also a senior research fellow at Flinders University in Adelaide. Simon is currently leading research projects in the area of eating disorder risk factors, prevention, early intervention and improving treatment and experience and outcomes for patients and their families and he also runs a clinic of nine therapists providing treatment to over 300 children, adolescents and adults each year who are experiencing an eating disorder. Together with Tracy Wade, he has developed Media Smart, which is a school-based eating disorder risk reduction program that has been found to have a range of beneficial outcomes for adolescents with eating disorders. Simon is also investigating the relationship between social media use and disordered eating patterns in young adults. Good morning, Dr. Wilsh. Thank you so much for joining me on the Go Well show today. My pleasure, Kate. And we're going to talk about all this research that you've been doing, golly, over how many years, 20 years uh, in the area of uh, eating disorders, is that right? Yeah, roughly. I started my PhD back in 2003 and finished in 07, so yeah, near, approaching 20 years now. And yeah. you're down at Flinders University in South Australia, we should mention that too, shouldn't we, in Adelaide? That's right. Yeah, I split my time between uh, being at Flinders University and also uh, I run my own clinic with eight other therapists uh, helping people who experience eating disorders. So I have both the clinical and and the research work going on. That's fantastic. Thank you for making that really clear. That's really good to know. Well, we're going to go straight into uh, what are eating disorders? How would you define what an eating disorder is? It's a good question. Um, really, eating disorders have the, the core feature of when a person places a lot of importance on their body shape, weight, or controlling their food intake. And there's a lot of debate in the research field about the best way to define eating disorders. But over time, we've, gotten, we've moved away a little bit from just focusing on uh, whether someone meets the diagnosis for an eating disorder or not and looking at it more through the lens of a continuum. So some people have some degree of, uh, you know, not being happy with their body or body image concerns, and that's where it stops. Other people go from that level into just starting to make some dietary changes or restricting their food to, to a degree, but without it, you know, really overtaking their life. And other people sort of progress even further into the control of food or excessive exercise and so on really starting to to occupy a lot of their time and a lot of their headspace and that's where it can go into what we call a full-blown eating disorder so your listeners have probably heard of anorexia nervosa bulimia nervosa binge eating disorder anorexia clearly is the one with the the defining feature of, of patients being uh, very underweight um, bulimia is defined by the presence of, of binge eating or loss of control over eating and then compensatory behaviours in the form of vomiting or excessive exercise, laxatives, etc., to make up for that binge eating. And those with binge eating disorder have binge eating episodes but without the compensating afterwards. So, yeah, it's, a, it's not as black and white as we might think in how we mm-hmm. define eating disorders. And as with most mental health concerns it's not so much about the diagnosis itself but it's more about what is the impact on the person's life and if thoughts about 
shape and weight and, and food and so on are interfering with concentration or making it difficult to work or relationships with other people, then clearly that's something to be concerned about. Yeah, well, thank you for uh, explaining that. Uh, certainly uh, from my earlier phone call with you, I guess we'd all have that understanding anyway a little bit on how much social media has influenced um, perhaps people's body shape and therefore eating disorders. We'll go into that a bit more later in the program, but I want to go straight to the Media Smart program that you've developed as a result of all your research. Can you just um, now just describe what you're doing with that? Certainly. So when I was doing my PhD with uh, Professor Tracy Wade, we developed a program called Media Smart, which was an eight lesson school curriculum for students in year eight, girls and boys. Um, and really, we were trying to tackle a risk factor for eating disorders called media internalization. And that's just a term used to describe when young people feel like they should look like those ideal images they see in the media. And typically, that's thought to be the thin ideal for, for girls and women and the muscular ideal for men, although I think uh, a thin ideal nowadays applies to, to boys and men as well. And so that program, it really focused on helping young people learn about the media, the different tricks that are used when photographs are taken before they appear in advertising campaigns and digital manipulation. Um, it encouraged people to make up their own minds about the media and uh, to uh, also feel comfortable expressing their views by writing to advertising companies and expressing whether they think the ads are sending a helpful or an unhelpful message. But also the program just looked at how young people can respond to, to pressures, both in the media and elsewhere. And there was a big focus on um, encouraging people to share their opinions and, and to feel comfortable doing that. So I want to make really clear that it was never our goal to say that the media is the sole cause of eating disorders, but we wanted to have a program that would appeal to, to young people and discussions of the media and seeing examples of media images tends to be something that young people are much more open to learning about than some other approaches such as just a pure program focusing on self-esteem or, or other areas. So basically that Media Smart School program has been evaluated in a number of quite large RCTs and had very positive results at reducing risk factors for eating disorders. But in more recent years, we've been thinking about what can we do for those people who already have some body image concerns or might already be in the early stages of an eating disorder? What can we do to prevent that from reaching a really serious illness? And so a few years back, we had some funding to sort of adapt that Media Smart School program to be suitable for an online audience and for a young adult audience. And so we conducted an Australia-wide trial with that particular program, and we found that um, the program really helped at reducing the onset of eating disorders. And for those who already had an eating disorder, they were much more likely to be recovered by the end of the program, 75% more likely than controls, and flow on benefits to other areas as well, such as being less likely to develop depressive symptoms, less likely to have suicidal thoughts, and so on. So yes, we, with Media Smart overall, we have the stream with schools and it's used in about 45 schools around the country. Schools can purchase the program from our Flinders Uni website. But what's our particular focus right now is the online program. 
And as we'll probably talk about more as, the, as we go on, we're, we're expanding that online program at the moment. So just a couple more questions about that program, but particularly the people that you're working with uh, is pretty specifically young adults. As you said, what sort of age group are you, uh, are you working with? So originally that first online trial was with 18 to 25 year old women. However, we have received funding to expand that program to be for 13 to 25 year olds of any gender. And one thing we know about body image concerns is that young people are often very reluctant to speak about these concerns with their parents, let alone going and, and speaking to a GP or health professional. In our first study, we found that whilst about 70% of participants had, a, had signs of a clear eating problem at the start of the study, only 14% had ever received professional help for that. So this is one of the appeals of the online program mm -hmm. that people can do this confidentially. It's a really good starting point. At the end, they may choose to go and, and access professional help, but for quite a, quite a number of participants, this program alone seems to be um, effective at really reducing those risks. And so we're keen to see if it helps younger people as well in this trial. I've actually um, seen the research results of the effectiveness of some of these apps actually these days. And it is, uh, it's really good compared to being in clinic. And I guess, cause you're in a clinic, you can probably see those differences yourselves. But most recently in this research I saw last week, it was because an avatar online is not judgmental. I thought that was really interesting. Absolutely, yeah. I've got a, a colleague in Melbourne who's uh, looking at doing something similar, specifically in the eating disorder area, and I think I think that's uh, invaluable. I think that'll be helpful. Also, yeah. just as you mentioned with clinics, with my clinic in Adelaide, we have a waiting list of over a hundred people waiting to get mm. in here at the moment. And whilst we're doing our absolute best to help people as quickly as we can, the sheer demand for services means we need to be thinking beyond just face-to-face -face treatment, and we need to be thinking about ways we can reach people at scale. So that's that's mm. another reason we've done this program. Yeah, no, it's absolutely fantastic, really important work. Well, I want to go straight now to, because we've only got such a short period of time, uh, mm. to the influence of uh, social media. And I think when we were talking, I was casting my own mind back to when I was a young girl and thinking, how could have, how come it's so different? I mean, obviously, as an adolescent and a young girl, body image is really, really big. Uh, can you just actually talk through those statistics pre-social media um, to now what you're mm. looking at and the way that it's influenced young people and their body image? So, sure. We, we did a study with um, nearly a 1,000 grade 7 and grade 8 girls and boys, and we were looking at body image and eating disorder concerns along with social media use, and we found that 51 or nearly 52% of girls and 45% of boys had used at least one eating disorder behaviour in the last 12 months when they were most commonly uh, meal skipping, fasting or compulsive exercise. If we go back to before social media and go back to the late 90s or early noughties, if you like, um, there's a couple of studies around then that said boys had about, or around about 12% of boys showed some disordered eating behaviours and for girls, it was around that 20% or even a little bit lower, or depending on which study you look at. So we are looking at a real sizable increase in the number of people with these concerns. There's data pretty well across the board that since around about 2012, where social media really became much more ubiquitous, that 
mental health in young people has generally deteriorated quite noticeably. Now, again, it's not possible to say that's all due to social media, but um, in my line of work, social media seems to really place a fair degree of importance on appearance with all the photo sharing and so on. And um, in that study that we conducted, we found that the more social media accounts somebody had and the greater time spent on them, the, the increased likelihood of showing eating disorder thoughts and behaviours. So there does seem to be a real link there. So to actually get to the crux of what that actually is, or one of the, the main issues, I guess, is because people look at these images online and they uh, don't realise perhaps, or there seems to be a divide between looking at what somebody else looks like and thinking they want to look like them as well, not realising that that's probably not a real image. Is that one of the issues? Yeah, I, I think um, what's confusing with social media is that in the old days with, you know, newspapers, TV, movies, I think there was some awareness that a lot of effort went into manipulating those images. But when we see people we know on social media, we, we don't often think about some of the techniques that can be used even by individuals to present their life in a certain way. So in our program, Media Smart, we look at how some people have been known to take up to 200 pictures before they post the perfect picture um, of themselves or what they're doing. Obviously, it's now possible for people to use their own filters or own form of airbrushing on their images. In my clinic, sadly, we sometimes have reports of uh, social media posts where it seems that a person's posting a photo that looks really positive of themselves, but almost deliberately posting photos where friends do not look as as good and so on. So it just seems to really um, throw fuel on that fire of being very concerned about appearance. And um, this film that's come out recently the uh, on what's it called? The Social Dilemma. I haven't seen it myself. I know you've seen it. Can you just talk about what that's brought up as well? Yeah, there's been a lot of interest in this over the last few weeks. It came out on Netflix about a month ago. And what's fascinating about The Social Dilemma is it's the first um, film I've seen where there's direct commentary by the people involved in developing these social media platforms or the people who commercialise them. So there's, there's a number of comments made through the film that are quite fascinating. So there's comments such as, if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. Um, there are only two industries that call their customers users and they are illegal drugs and software. And um, really what's fascinating about the film is social media is, is an incredibly effective marketing tool that gets such fine-grained data about each individual that it seems like the way these um, social media companies are making their, their billions of dollars is through being able to offer such targeted marketing to companies wishing to sell products and so on. So I'm, I'm not for a moment trying to imply that all aspects of social media are bad. There are, there are positives to it. But I think we don't realise that in our use of social media, what we're actually doing is handing over a lot of information about ourselves that can then be used however marketing agencies and advertising companies wish to. And and that's fine for many people. Many people have the uh, sort of literacy to be able to, to not be affected by that. But when we think about younger people and those with low self-esteem and so on, that's, that is a risky thing. It's insidious, really, I think, isn't it? 
Well, look, um, I think it's just fantastic um, to have come across you, actually, Simon. I'm really um, grateful to you for coming on the program and having a bit of a chat because it's um, obviously a huge area. Um, just uh, if people want to find out more about your program, and I think you're doing running a free trial, can you just um, tell people yeah, sure. about that? Yeah, so the, the free trial we're running at the moment, that's the one where it's the online program for anyone aged 13 to 25 years of any gender who wish to improve their body image. So if, there's a website we've created called mediasmart.flinders.edu.au. If you go to that website, um, you'll find out information about the trial. The way it works is that young people are asked to complete a survey. At the end of that survey, they're randomly assigned to either uh, MediaSmart receiving a module once per week or a second group, MediaSmart being able to do the program at your own rate, or there's a third group, which is a control condition where people receive some tips on positive body image. Once the person's allocated to their condition, they can work through the program and then they're asked to again fill in a survey at the end and at six and 12 months down the track. As an appreciation for the time that people put in with those surveys, those who complete all four will receive a $30 iTunes or similar gift voucher. But really, we're wishing to evaluate, firstly, how effective is MediaSmart for younger people and for boys and people of any gender? But secondly, we're wishing to find out, is it better for people to be able to do the program at their own rate or at the rate of one module per week? They're the two main goals of this trial. So... Yes, I'd really ask your listeners to um, share this with anyone who, who it might be helpful for. Okay, fantastic. So people can go on either um, as individuals or schools can go in and do that as well? This particular one is all for individuals. If, if schools are interested in our Media Smart School program, that can be accessed through the Flinders Uni website. It's a bit of a longer web address. So if people just Google Media Smart and Flinders, it will take them to a, a website where they can access the school program. Okay, fabulous. Well, we'll also put up links on the Go Well Radio Facebook page as well. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today and uh, for doing the work that you're doing. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's an incredible area. You must, it must be very eye-opening, I'd imagine. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. It's, it's a very rewarding area to work in, but it's also, you know, there's a lot of challenges that we're up against. So it's, it's nice to be able to offer resources like this that can help young people.